Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Well, in case I haven't had the pleasure to meet you, I'm John Burwell. I was the rector of Holy Cross uh, for 27 years, the Chris Warner of Holy Cross for 27 years, long time. I preached this very first sermon that was preached at Daniel Island. Uh, we opened that up. That was 2005 when we opened the Daniel Island campus. Some of you may have been here. I retired from Holy Cross four and a half years ago, and uh, the day I left here, I became the rector of the Church of the Redeemer in Orangeburg. And uh, by the way, if you're ever up in Orangeburg on a Sunday morning, please come in. We'll make you feel right at home, okay? Just a little commercial. I had to do that. And uh, enough about me. Okay, I have the great pleasure of beginning a new series this morning called The Call. And uh, in the next few weeks, you're gonna be looking at what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to be a disciple. Mark chapter one, verse 17, Jesus extends the call to two commercial fishermen, Peter and Andrew. He says, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Jonathan told you before, uh, there are three parts to what Jesus is asking them to do. First of all, to follow him secondly, to be formed by him, and third, to fulfill his mission in the world. What Jesus wants from them is exactly what he wants from us as well, and that is we are to follow him, to be formed by him, and to fulfill his mission. That's the call. This morning we look at the first part of these three, follow. Jesus says, follow me, and let's look at what that means. To set it up, I want to call your attention to a half million acres of dense forest and snow-covered mountains in the state of Wyoming. It's known as the Bridger Wilderness. The Bridger Wilderness is set aside as, by the federal government as an official wilderness area. Now the key word here is wilderness, okay? That means no electricity. That means no cell phone, no towers, no, 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 no cell phones, no cars, no four-wheelers, no bicycles. You get in the Bridger Wilderness where you get by uh, hiking on foot. You sleep at night in whatever you could carry on your back during the day. There are predatory animals all around, lions, well, not lions, bears and uh, the like. Rattlesnakes and copperheads are everywhere. The mosquitoes and the deer flies are legendary. The idea is to go there and rough it and to really have yourself a full wilderness experience. <laughs> you know. Some people really like that kind of stuff. Really, they, they do. They, they like that kind of stuff. Anyway, after you experience the Bridger Wilderness, you're encouraged to hand in a little comment card about your experience uh, there. And here are some of the comments that have been handed in over the recent years. One person wrote, there are far too many bugs and spiders and spider webs. Please spray the forest regularly to rid us of these pests. Another person wrote, Chairlifts need to be installed in some places so that we can get to the wonderful views without having to walk there. Another wrote, a small deer came into my camp and stole my jar of pickles. Is there a way I can get reimbursed? It's very clear that some of the people who go on the park, to the park, don't understand what it means to have a full wilderness experience, right? They wanted to a wilderness experience, but they, as long as it was convenient, as long as it was comfortable. 
And don't we sometimes want our Christianity to be that as well? We like to say we're eager to run the race. We say we're ready to count the cost. We say we're ready to carry the cross. We say we want the full wilderness experience. But do we? Do we really? I wonder. In the gospel lesson chosen for this morning, Jesus brings that question home for three individuals who initially answered the call. Jesus focuses on the issue of what it means to be a disciple. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. So we have a would-be disciple here who takes the initiative. He uh, seems really enthusiastic. He wants the full wilderness experience. But is he serious? Well, Jesus finds out, makes a statement of fact. Verse 58, Jesus says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Now, Jesus is not saying, I can't find a place to sleep. Jesus could fall asleep anywhere. You might remember that uh, he fell asleep, fast asleep in a boat crossing the Sea of Galilee in the middle of a storm. The disciples were saying, what are you doing sleeping? Remember that? Sleep is not an issue here. Jesus is actually making a, an important point about his place in this world. This world, the world around you and the world outside these doors, this world is not our home as Christians. As Christians, we're just passing through. If your house is a home that, uh, you know, you settle in, you, you settle in, don't you? I mean, you, you buy furniture, you paint the walls, you fix it up like you like, and then you, you, you fill it with your stuff. You settle in and you relax. But if you're a visitor, you don't do any of that. You don't become attached. You don't, you act appropriately. Following Jesus means knowing that this world is not our home. My dad used to say, son, home is where your heart is. You ever heard that? If our heart is with God, then our home is in heaven. This, this world is not our home. People ask me, John, why did God create mosquitoes? And I say, he did it to remind you that Charleston really isn't heaven. <laughs> As Christians, our home is heaven. This is not our home. That is how disciples are called to live. So a challenge is being put in front of us all. Do we really want the full wilderness experience where we stand out? where people see our hearts on fire for Jesus and they see our commitment to God. Do we really want that? Or have we been content to just settle in and act like we're at home? We just fit in. We just settle down on the back pews and vegetate through a Sunday service. Uh, no offense, those of y'all back there. I, uh, <laughs> or have we been content? Think about that a little bit as we Look at this second individual that begins at uh, verse 59. To another, Jesus said, follow me. But the man replied, well, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. That's a reasonable request, I would think. Every culture in every part of the world has some sort of ceremony that marks the death of an individual. In this part of the world, we call our ceremonies funerals, don't we? Believe it or not, employers actually will let you have time off to bury your parents. They, they, this is expected. But in response to the man, Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead. You, you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. That is a hard passage to hear. 
created a lot of discussion. Some try to get around it by saying that what Jesus really means is let the spiritually dead uh, bury the people who have died. Okay, maybe that works, but that's not what's going on here. Not in this context. In this context, something else is going on. Others say, you know, this person is just looking for an excuse to postpone the call. They'll tell you that the man's father was still alive, and he was just saying, when my father dies, ever how long that is, then I'll join you, is an excuse to postpone the call. But that's not going on here either, at least not in this particular passage. What Jesus is doing here is helping all three of these would-be followers. He's helping them to understand that there's a cost, a real cost, the full wilderness experience. There's a cost, the cost of discipleship. What Jesus is doing is getting you and me to understand the depth of what he's already done for us. Do we really understand our ability to become a disciple came at a great cost to Jesus? Our discipleship cost Christ the glories of heaven, the splendor. He exchanged a life of glory for a life of humility, lowliness, and yes, suffering here on earth. Our discipleship cost Jesus his very death, death on the cross. And Jesus was willing to do this. He was willing to pay that cost for you. That, beloved, is how valued you are by God. <laughs> beloved, if you were the only person on earth, Jesus still would have died for you. If you're the only person, he'd have still died for you. That's how much he loves you. Our job as disciples is to let others know how much God loves them. That isn't always easy, especially in this increasingly God-less culture in which we live today. Frankly, giving your life to Christ can sound stupid to the non-Christian, patently absurd. As the noted evangelist William Joel once wrote, well, they say there's a heaven for those who will wait. Some say it's better, but I say it ain't. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints because sinners are much more fun and darling, only the good die young. Remember that? Are we willing to put the call above everything else? That is the full wilderness experience. And that brings us to the third man, verses 61 through 62. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Answering the call, being a disciple means not looking back with regrets, okay? No woulda, coulda, shoulda after you've said yes. If you're driving in a car, if you're plowing on a tractor, even mowing the lawn, you can't look backwards as you do it. It won't work. And that can happen in the Christian life. We look back. And we look back thinking others are having more fun than we're having. They take in all the world has to offer and somehow we're missing out. We look back thinking others are having more freedom. They don't have to give up so much. They don't have to make such a great sacrifice. That is having the hand on the plow and looking back. By looking back, we're actually saying that we don't want the full wilderness experience, right? We're trying to keep a foot in this world and a foot in the kingdom of God. And the result of looking back is, well, you know the result, you'd, you'd crash. It can cause you to question your spiritual commitment. For some people, it's caused them not to follow Jesus anymore. The cost for the full wilderness experience is just too high. 
more than they're willing to pay. Again, the issue here is not do we have faith or not. The issue is do we really understand the call? Do we really want the full wilderness experience? Someone once wrote, I'd like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not a rebirth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I'd like to buy about $3 worth of God, please. How many of us today want to get to a place where we're just comfortable, a comfortable place, not uh, far enough to pay the price of a deepening relationship with him? I don't know your heart. I'm just asking. Is $3 worth of God good enough for you? Just asking. Jesus says, follow me. There's a cost to being a disciple. The call, there's a, follow, there's a cost to follow. Jesus calls us as disciples to radically prioritize our life. Jesus gets priority over our careers, our leisure time, our goals, our money, our relationships. He gets priority over everything. So the big question this morning is this. Is that what you want? Do you really want an experience in life as a disciple? Discipleship is not about getting saved. It's a way of life. Discipleship is not about another commitment. It is the only commitment. Discipleship is literally about walking in the footsteps of Jesus. If we want it, we can follow him. We can be on the same road in the same footsteps as Jesus if we want. Is that what you want? Follow me. That's Christ's invitation. It is the call. It is the same invitation that each of these three uh, disciples or would-be disciples got in the gospel lesson, these three men in the gospel lesson. Thing is, in the gospel lesson, did you notice we don't happen to know what happened to these three men? We're not told how each responded. It's as if the text was left open, waiting for each of us to fill in the ending. How's it going to end for you? Is that what you want? The call begins with the words, follow me. The invitation is to be a disciple. Is that what you want? Do you want the full wilderness experience? I pray that you will. If you want to know more about being a disciple, about following Christ, talk to Jonathan. He's here for you. Way back in the third century AD, a man named Cyprian was made Bishop of Carthage. He was and still is remembered for his holiness and uh, the trying times that he went through. In Cyprian's day, Christians were being fed to the lions, tortured unmercifully. Talk about a full wilderness experience. Cyprian himself was finally beheaded for his faith in Christ. Near the end of his life, he wrote a letter to a friend named Donatus. And I want to leave you this morning with what he said in this letter. Here's what Cyprian had to say about the call some 1,600 years ago. This seems to be a cheerful world, Donatus, when I view it from this fair green garden under the shadow of these vines. But if I climb up to some great mountain and look over the wide lands, you know very well what I would see. Robbers on the high road, pirates on the sea. In the amphitheaters, men murdered to please laughing crowds. Under every roof, misery and selfishness. It really 
is a bad world, Donatus, an incredibly bad world. Yet, in the midst of it, I have found a quiet and holy people. They have discovered a joy, a joy that is a thousand times better than any pleasure in this sinful life. They're despised, they're persecuted, but they care not. They've overcome the world. This people, Donatus, are the Christians, and I have become a disciple. Thank you for letting me be with you this morning as we talk about the call. God bless you all. For the call, the call to follow Christ as Lord, we can all say thanks be to God. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.